0: Hello friends and colleagues, it's Nikki from Full Voice Music. Today's podcast, Podcast 67, it is the third part of our journey around the world talking to teachers about their favorite vocal warm-ups.
1: Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. And here's your host, Nikki Loney.
0: Welcome back, friends and colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me on our third part of our journey around the world. And if you are listening to this podcast at time of release, well, happy. New Year. It is the beginning of 2019, and I hope your year has gotten off to an amazing start. Now, I do owe everyone a, a wee bit of an apology. This, this podcast was actually supposed to come out uh, last Friday, but somebody <clears throat> whose name rhymes with Mickey uh, lost her voice, had a cough and a cold, and didn't really have uh, much of a speaking voice, so we uh, postponed the release of this. Uh, it's well worth the wait. Now, uh, if you have not checked out the previous two podcasts, please do so. We have gone all around the world. We have been in New Brunswick, Canada. We've been down in Florida, uh, Florida, down in the United States, all the way over to Australia, back to Alaska. We went to Vegas. We have been everywhere talking to fantastic teachers and they have been sharing their favorite vocal warm-ups. We've talked about everything from lip trills to movement to stretching to tongue twisters uh, to exercises for our little kids as well as um, register transitioning for our older students. So much fun and useful um, information and I want to shout out to all the teachers who rose to the challenge because I got this idea last minute and I reached out and uh, right before Christmas, everybody found time in their busy schedules and they were willing to talk to me. I am just truly grateful. And I also have to tell everybody that I have actually uh, tried many of these exercises with my students over the last couple of weeks. And I have to tell you, It's been so much fun. My kids have been far more um, engaged because these are new exercises, so they have to pay attention. And I have noticed new things, uh, new issues and, and interesting bits of information about my students when they're singing these new exercises. So a shout out to all the teachers, and we're gonna continue our journey and we're gonna go back up to Winnipeg, Canada, and talk to my good friend, Elizabeth Rotoff. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth Rotoff from Winnipeg, Canada. How are you today?
1: I am fine, Nikki. Thank you for having me.
0: So as with my other guests, I want to check in into the weather in Winnipeg. Now for Winnipeg, I hear it's quite warm. So but tell everybody what you're experiencing.
1: Yeah, well, it's um, it keeps going up and down, but nights are cold. But the day today, the high is supposed to be around um, freezing. So We're looking forward to getting out and enjoying some winter fun today.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah, we have like the biggest extremes, minus 40 Celsius to minus 40, uh, plus 40 Celsius.
0: Well, today we're talking about our favorite uh, warm-ups. And I'm so excited to talk to you because you are uh, very interested and very... I'm using air quotes here, active in your teaching studio, you use a lot of props, and you do a lot of physical warm ups. And I would love for you to share with everybody just what you do, what props you're using and how you use them with your students.
1: Okay, well, I have a whole variety uh, because I'm also a personal trainer. So, yes, I am very active. But <laughs> I have a BOSU, which is bottom side up, it stands for. So, if you've ever seen those half um, half a ball kind of shaped things, I mm-hmm. use those. I use full exercise balls. I use uh, tennis balls, lacrosse balls. I use resistance bands, even dumbbells at times. Um, wow. So all these things that you might find in a gym, I actually use, and uh, ways that I use them, certainly for um, stretching and uh, releasing muscle tension. So the balls are really good for that, like the um, small tennis balls and lacrosse balls, for just doing some myofascial release on mm. muscles. And um, then we also have the exercise ball, which you can use in so many ways. Sometimes I have the kids lay back on them just to stretch out and open up the chest. And when they've had a stressful day, they just love doing that, especially Mm -hmm. the teenagers. Yes. (laughs) And um, and then the little kids, they just love bouncing up and down on the ball. And uh, (laughs) it releases tension, helps them vocalize more freely and not get so caught in their head. right and right Then there's um the bosu bottom side up uh, mm-hmm. is great because they can stand on it and then it helps engage core muscles as they're balancing. but also they like to bounce a bit.
0: <laughs> so again,
1: it's releasing tension, but also working in the core and in a more upright standing position, which you would normally have for performing anyway. Right. which the exercise ball doesn't offer. Right, right. Dumbbells I use for phantom hands, you know, like the kids who love to conduct <gasps> with their hands.
0: Yes. And if they have
1: even just a light dumbbell, but they're holding something and that weight, and then they become very aware and they cannot move their hands.
0: <laughs> that, that would be so perfect for, say, the kiddos that are constantly fidgeting with their hands and can't seem to stop fidgeting their hands.
1: That's that also helps, yeah. When oh. they're
0: fidgeting, I guess you can't um, give them like a twenty-pound dumbbell.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> though I've had some that see the heavy one and they're determined they're going to pick it up, but they soon find that you can't really stand and sing with. Right, with.
0: right, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great idea. <gasps> yeah, and then one of the favorites that everyone loves is the resistance bands. With the uh, with the little kids they especially love this, is um, they love to play tug of war. So I'll hold hold one end, and they're holding the other, and especially as they're going, when they need to engage more, and I can Mm -hmm. feel that it's coming on, hitting a high note or whatever, and I give it a tug, and they have to stay where they are, so they have to pull back, and it just engages the muscles a lot more through the back and the whole core. Wow. And also... And also, they're distracted, right? So, distraction <laughs> sometimes just helps free things up, too.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> what other ways are you using the resistance bands, like with your older students?
1: Yeah, well, uh, there are certainly many exercises that can be done, especially for uh, opening up and strengthening back muscles. So, you know, if they've got the text neck thing happening. Oh, uh, yes. Over. Yeah, so you can strengthen mm-hmm. those back muscles with it by just um, doing rows with it, some rowing mm-hmm. exercises. So you just mm-hmm. loop the loop it around a doorknob, or even just sitting on the floor, loop it around your feet, and then pull back in a row motion, which you know is harder. And uh, just making sure the correct muscles are being engaged and elbows in tight because sometimes they just want to flop their arms wherever (laughs) to make it easy. But but making sure they're engaged in a good form. Mm -hmm. And the other way I use it is like dumbbells. I sometimes also use the resistance band if they're standing on it and then holding the Mm -hmm. ends in their hands. Oh, okay. Again, it prevents the phantom hands and the fidgeting. Mm -hmm. So, and it also helps nice. their, their shoulders just align better in that position sometimes
0: mm-hmm. when they're
1: standing yeah. and holding and feel that resistance. And then when they're vocalizing, uh, if they can hold it in front of them at about waist mm-hmm. level and s- gently pull on it through a phrase, and it helps them just have longer, more sustained phrases. So that's um, how we do that with the older ones.
0: Because I know the resistance bands come in different, um, I guess tensions. Yeah,
1: I usually use a very light tension in the studio for these purposes. Just because you don't want someone straining and straining. You know, if you're doing these kind of exercises, right. you're trying to encourage the flexibility in in movement and not you know gritting down mm-hmm. and and uh, right yeah, like and, a bearing down yeah, kind of yeah.
0: stress okay that that makes sense okay now the other exercises that you were talking about um were straw phonation um now obviously straw phonation is really popular but what are your what are you doing in your studio with the straw
1: a variety of things and of course the little kids love it just You know, they get the idea of breath flow through it and sometimes Mm -hmm. even just inhaling because sometimes they want to take the big, wide-open mouth, gaping (gasps) breath. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so if you just use the straw and have them think of how they're sipping and how the muscles are working when they're sipping, because, of course, when you're sipping a drink, you're not engaging all those neck muscles that tense up when they're taking these more shallow breaths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it encourages deeper breathing, uh, deeper inhalations, and then on exhale, of course, just, you know, just um, having a sustained breath. And sometimes, you know, you stick a Kleenex or something at the end so that they can see how it's moving. Mm-hmm. And then when they have some fun with that, then we can start doing some slides and things like that with it, and making noises and. One thing that they love, which is lots of fun, is taking a glass of, with a little bit of water at the end and blowing bubbles while you're phonating. Mm,
0: <laughs> and doing yes, life. yes.
1: And they say, you know, your parents might tell you not to do that at home, but I'm saying you can do that
0: at home. <laughs> <also. laughs> so. That's wonderful. Now, I saw um, a post recently on your social media page. You had found some recyclable straws. Oh yeah, paper straws. Paper yeah, that's straws. what I'm
1: using. Um, yeah, biodegradable paper straws because yeah, you know, we want to avoid those plastic ones. Right. And the the paper ones I got, I just ordered randomly off Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but they are very sturdy and they do hold up quite well. Okay. And uh, you know, so they're hard to to bend. You know. Oh if you, okay. You know, they're not flimsy at all. So they do provide a nice. Um, tension for, for the breathing and Beautiful. I also have stainless steel straws at home but of course when I'm traveling sometimes to other schools or whatever or you just don't have time to clean
0: You're stainless, right. stainless yeah. steels right
1: all the time so the paper straws are a good option
0: Oh, I like that. Uh, so, yeah. I have uh, I have kazoo's in my studio but truthfully mm-hmm. I don't pull them out cuz I just don't want to clean them. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. during cold and flu season it's like we're not touching the kazoo's until maybe spring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Elizabeth, I, re- I want to thank you. These are wonderful ideas and uh, strategies. I'm definitely going to, uh, uh, somewhere, somewhere in my house, I do have uh, some really light Dumbbells, and I'm going to bring those into my teaching studio to get the the wiggly hand students something to hold. I think that's a brilliant idea, and I don't know, maybe Santa will bring me some resistance bands uh, <laughs> to to use in the studio as well. Now, I want to let everybody know that uh, Elizabeth is going to come back. Uh, and talk to us in, in far more depth about um, her passion, because not only are you a wonderful singer, um, a teaching artist, you're performing, um, but you, like you said in the podcast, you are a personal trainer and a, and a health coach.
1: Yes. And oh, so, I wanted to add, um, with the resistance bands... I do have a freebie of how to use resistance bands in the studio and I can provide you with a link for that.
0: Oh, yes. I will put that link for for everyone to check out. That is wonderful. And when uh, when you come back in 2019, we're going to have a a more in-depth conversation, get to know you a little bit better and dive into your passion of singing and wellness and physical fitness. I'm really excited about that.
1: Be very happy to come back.
0: A very special thank you to Elizabeth for sharing those wonderful ideas. Now, Elizabeth has very kindly shared on our podcast page a link to a free video 10 ways to use resistance bands in your teaching studio. So, if you would like to try some new exercises with your singers using resistance bands, and uh, let me tell you, the beginning of the year is the perfect time to go and find resistance bands because all the fitness equipment is now on sale. So, if you want to check out uh, Elizabeth's video, just go to our podcast page and you can find the link in the show notes. Um, And there's a link to her free video. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing your wonderful information. We now are going to Shorewood, Minnesota, to talk to my good friend, Jerry Ellsberg. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, Jerry Ellsburn. You are my Central USA teacher from um, Shorewood, Minnesota. How are things in Shorewood, Jerry?
2: They're going very well. We're having some mild temperatures here before Christmas, oh. so it's not too bad outside. We're usually nice. probably down in 10 to 20 degree territory Fahrenheit, and right? uh, we've been sitting around the 30s and 40s, so we actually had some fog oh. last night and some pretty frost this morning.
0: Oh! Jerry, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited because we're going to have a conversation about onset. You have some fantastic approaches to onset, and I I would love for you to share that with all of our listeners.
2: Great. Yeah, I think it's really important that we get the vocal folds to close completely. And for students who have different issues with either coming on too harshly on them with that big glottal ah, or Mm -hmm. um, if... I've also deal with a lot of younger high school students when they're first starting out. And because many of them, especially the females, start singing in that transition point in their voice in middle school, I find that a lot of them have breathy onsets and then they really don't get a complete closure and we don't get to understand the full color of their instrument until we get those vocal folds to be Mm -hmm. entrained on the breath like they should be. So I, I like to start off with just making sure that we understand, I hate the term attack. I just really wish that was not used in our language because, you know, I have students who come in and they're all happy because, ooh, I hit that note. And my first response (laughs) to them is always, well, what did it do to you? You know? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. We we have those unfortunate terms like attack and cut off and things like that. It Mm -hmm. sounds so violent to be a singer, doesn't it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) So I like to ensure, I like to start out with just, you know, some of the cardinal vowels, making sure that we have a clean closure of the vocal cords. Um, mm-hmm. So just I'll often have them hold their index finger and middle finger out in front of them and make sure that the sound and the breath start simultaneously. So if we'll start with just like e,e,,o, oo. And then we'll go back and we'll see how we scored on that exam, like for, I think my awe had a little bit too much of an attack, so I'd only give myself an 80% on that test. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, but, you know, I think, you know, we want to say, okay, let's get 100% on this exam, and then they start to get really involved with it and get so excited when I say, yes, you just aced it, let's move on now, you know.
0: I love the concept of scoring them, or not scoring them, but like like putting a numeric value to it so that they can, I think for progress, right? To let them know how yes, they're
2: doing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, a quick aside, not related to this, but you know, if you've got that student who just refuses to dentalize a tea in Italian, I have found the greatest huh. dollar investment in my studio. If I take oh. four quarters out and put them on the piano, and if we've just talked about dentalizing the tea or having a clean onset or whatever... And they just gap out and don't pay attention to it. I'll often ask them, okay, here's your dollar. The next time you don't dentalize that tea, I'm taking that quarter back. So almost (laughs) every one of them leaves with 75 cents because they forget (gasps) it. And then I get up and I take that quarter. And then it's like, oh no, there's money on the line. I am going to get the rest of them. And they ace the rest of the song. And then for the most part that usually fixes the dental tea issue. So
0: <laughs> I love that. Okay, so confession, I have a young man. He's a he's a delightful kid, but it's, does not want to open his mouth when he sings. And I've done everything yes. I have. Given him verbal cues, visual cues, you know, used Everything. I've consulted all my friends. What do you say to somebody like that? Finally, out of frustration, one day and his mom was in the room. I reached into my wallet. I grabbed five dollars, slammed it on my desk. And I said, if you sing this next song and you open your mouth through the whole song, you can have this five dollars. Well, didn't he do it beautifully? Didn't
2: he? And wasn't it the best five dollar investment you've made?
0: It was, but he ended up having to give it back because he went back to not opening his mouth when he sang. So oh, no. I did get my, f- I know, but it was like, I mean, it just proved to me and him that he could do it if yes. motivated.
2: Absolutely. We have to do what we have to do,
0: right? Right. I'm, I'm all for bribing with whatever means possible. Continue with your, uh, with your onset um, uh, exercises
2: yeah, so if we if we think about the two extremes, if we have that glottal attack, it's really mm-hmm. it's a timing issue with the vocal folds starting their vibration at the second or the nanosecond that the breath begins to flow. So mm-hmm. if I have them with that index finger and middle finger out in front of them, if we have that e a, And if they instead they get that e, then I say, look at that. Your fingers were together before the air started. And mm. I find I don't know when I get an external thing like that, a visual cue, mm-hmm. it almost always tells us what's going to happen. I'm shocked how many times I see the glottal stroke happen or the glottal attack happen that mm-hmm. they have the fingers together and then pop it.
0: Oh, so I don't know what that is.
2: It's a, I think it's a psychological thing when they when they get outside of the brain and they see that visual representation out there. I yeah. very frequently see that what we're hearing is indicated in what's visually out there. So if I could get them to get that chord and that sound to start simultaneously, that's what we're after. Um, and then, of course, if I've got somebody who's got a harsh glottal stroke or a glottal attack, that ah, ah, where the cords right. are closed and the air pops through, right. then I'll actually go back to the opposite extreme and have them start with an H Mm. And I actually write it out on a, on a sheet and I'll say, okay, let's do that E vowel again. And I want you to start the first one with a capital boldface H, just an obnoxious one. He, right. and then we do a capital H, he, and then a lowercase h, he, and then a parenthetical H, he, so they get that closure to come together finally that's really clean. So they're starting with the breath that they want to get that first because it's delayed. So I put it in front of it, and then we make it smaller and smaller until we get that nice thought of an H with the breath flow and the sound happening simultaneously.
0: I love how you're making it visual. That is so brilliant.
2: Oh, thanks. It's fun to do. You know, it's just all those things that we think during studio. It's like, okay, oops, it's time to fix something. How is this going to make sense to our students?
0: Yeah. Well, and with using the fingers as well for the onset, you're also I, I, I feel that it's kinesthetic too like yes, absolutely. they're feeling the fingers. That's such a great idea. Thank you for that.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Now uh you also have another one that you've uh, you've talked to me about, which is the biddy biddy bee.
2: Oh, yes. This bitty, bitty, b exercise is one um, that a lot of my students look at me like I'm a little bit crazy, but uh, (laughs) it's, it's such a versatile exercise because we can start. What I like about it first and foremost is that every time it moves up, it immediately comes back down. So mm. if I've got somebody who's building pressure as they ascend a scale, this is a great way to get them started moving up because it then comes back down and then moves back up. So I'll demonstrate oh. it first. It's sure. a one, 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 three, two, 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 four, five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one kind of an exercise. Beautiful. So we sing bitty bitty be bitty bitty be bitty 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 be. And then if If we're going up and they start to go bitty, 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 bee and start to get pressure there, we start, you know, Mm -hmm. doing all of the different things you need for opening resonance. But I find that if they understand that they're moving up and then coming back down, they have a tendency to just kind of keep that moving forward. And with that busy work up in the front with the lips and the teeth, Mm -hmm. that also encourages that breath to move through the vocal tract rather than trying to stay in the back and try to sing from the throat.
0: Oh, so clever!
2: It's a fun little exercise, um, and the other thing about it is that half-voiced consonant—the B and the D, bitty mm-hmm. bitty B—does also require that the vocal folds vibrate while we're doing mm-hmm. that consonant. So it. it has another kind of a resonance coupling that's involved with that. Because if we did pitty pitty p, we don't actually have that vocalization. Or mm-hmm. if we go mini mini me, 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 then we also can start to encourage some nasality. Right. You know, so when we get that half-voiced equivalent in between where the vocal folds touch while the while the consonant is working, then we can get that whole resonant scheme of the vocal tract working as we're moving through with all these quickly articulate sounds as well. I
0: love it. Do you ever vary the tempo or are you trying you're doing it pretty quick?
2: I do a lot of things with, with the tempo. I sometimes I'll slow it down just to kind of say what's going on with this specific vowel. But mm. this exercise is really versatile because you can then work it into other vowels as well. So it's bitty 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 bay, bitty bitty ba, whatever you want to do. Oh, lovely. And if yeah, sure. And then, if, depending on which part you are in the resonance or within your range or your registration, you might want to start to think about okay, let's open the vowel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's close the vowel. Let's get a, a scheme if you wanted to do it in more of a CCM style.
3: Mm-hmm. I like to,
2: to ask my students to add a little Janice. For those of you that are friends of, or um, that are fans of the show, friends, you know, Chandler's uh, girlfriend, oh, Janice, who comes Janice. in. Oh, Chandler. <laughs> It's shocking to everybody to realize that she's actually not in her nose when she makes that sound.
0: Right, that's true. <laughs> it's,
2: it sounds nasal, but it's really just a really forward twang, you know. Right. So I'll often use I'll say, "Give me ten percent Janice to this one," and we'll start turning over that resonance scheme a little bit to get a little bit more mask in the sound. I um, love that. But I'll also use it to um, to start extending the breath. Mm. So if we do if we do them in combination with each other biri ba ba so we can start to understand that that breath can move quickly we can stay easily moving through the long phrase and they start to understand wow with all this busy work that my consonants are doing i really don't have to push the breath at all
0: that's a great challenge
2: yeah when you, when you first extend it to them and, and sing it at them, they give you that big, you know, deer in the headlight look like, I can't possibly <laughs> sing that many. And usually within, you know, a few minutes in the lesson, we'll get maybe six of them out before they have to take a breath. And they're just looking wow. there. Are you kidding me? It can't be that easy.
0: Oh, Jerry, these are these are fantastic. Now, um, when, uh, when you said you were doing uh, CCM styles with this, um, mm-hmm. would you use this, just check in and would you use this for transitioning through the registers maybe for the female voices
2: yeah absolutely you know because if you're if you're thinking about middle range and i'm sorry it's early and i'm not warmed up very well but if <laughs> sure. i was going to do like a bitty 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 you can hear the classical resonance yep. in that right yeah and then if we go to bitty 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 we're starting to transfer that to more of that mask dominant sound still ta mm-hmm. dominant or yeah. fire written on um. So we're in the chest voice. Whatever you want to use this, right?
0: Right. Yes, <laughs> I know.
2: Oh, oh, here we go.
0: I love it. Every <laughs> single one of my, of the teachers who is participating in this podcast has has always clarified whatever you want to call it. Exactly. I love useful how, lies. Whatever, whatever works, right? Whatever works. Oh, I love it. <laughs>
2: But yeah, that'll help them to understand that we're really staying in that in that chest voice, speech dominant kind of a sound, whatever you want to call it. And then you start mm-hmm. adding a little more Janice into it. and We get a little bit more of that ring in that that upper formant that carries.
0: Oh, I love that. Now, I have a personal question for mm-hmm. you f- uh, about one of my students. And because you're working with a lot of teens, because you you are uh, you are also teaching at a high school. Uh, right. As well as your private practice, um, mm-hmm. I have a young man. He's 14 years old, and there is just so much pressure and tension. And I have done, you know, I've just dis- the distraction. We've tried tossing a beanbag while he sings. Like we've put him in different positions. We've we've investigated a lot of things, but he's still struggling. What what are your go tos for? Say some of your teens' voices voices. Almost at the end of change, mm-hmm. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers. What would what kind of some of your strategies for the the boys that are just singing with a lot of tension?
2: It is so tough. And the problem with them also is that those hormones are surging and they're getting all right? these muscles they haven't had before and having fun flexing all the time, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
2: It is true. So what I really try to do is get them off of, I, if they've got a lot of neck tension, for example, mm. I'll try to use gravity in, mm-hmm. our, in our favor, I'll get them sitting in a chair, get a bunch of pillows kind of um, supporting their lower back and shoulders and try okay. to get them leaning back in a chair at like a 45 degree angle oh, just okay. so that they aren't fighting gravity, keeping their heads above their bodies, right? Mm. So get them back there, get a, a pillow behind their heads and then just have them breathe, get them in conversation mm-hmm. until you see that their breathing mechanism is a little easier. Mm-hmm. And while you do that, then just say, hey, you notice how you're not lifting your chest anymore? You notice how when your breath is coming in, your belly's starting to soften up a little bit, you know? Oh. And so if we can get that gravity working with us, then, you know, the organs who that have weight on earth, you know, they have mass and we're on earth, so they're going to go toward the floor. Mm-hmm. So if we relieve the pressure around the abdominals and they're sitting in this nice chair, those organs going to fall naturally, I like to say, going south. <laughs> It's going to fall down toward the floor as the belly softens. Breath comes in, diaphragm contracts, everything's working the way it should. And then just getting them really easily um, humming and doing things that are just a natural extension of their sound while they remain relaxed. Do some sighs, do some hum work, and then just easily start doing maybe some lip trills. That, of course, is um, lip trills are kind of a can of worms because depending on the student. I'm sure that all the teachers who are listening can understand that some do lip trills really well and it takes all the pressure off. And then you've got others that really force it mm-hmm. and you're dealing with all the pressures around the lips and and chest and neck and everything else. Mm-hmm. But if I can get them to get a nice, easy lip trill that's just moving on the breath, sometimes I won't even let them have pitch first. Right. So um, I'm sure a lot of the teachers who are listening were at the Nats convention at Boulder mm-hmm. where they were talking a lot about Barbara Dasher's work. Mm-hmm. And I loved that she had three types of, of lip trills that she talked about. She talked about the moped that had no pitch. Right. And then I think she was it the dirt bike, <laughs> which was mostly... You know, the thin edge of the chords and a lot of head voice in it. Mm -hmm. And then the Harley Davidson. (laughs) Which has a lot of that chest resonance in it as well. Sympathetic vibration for those of you that are thinking there is no chest resonance.
0: Right. I, <laughs> we cannot be too safe when we have these conversations. Right. I really like that, and especially using the motorbikes for the boys, yes. right?
2: I wow. love that, especially for the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Give me a moped, you know? And uh, yeah. I'm sure that if you, you know, the the teachers who use this with younger children, you know, batch box car, show me what you make for your motor sounds.
0: Jerry, I have to thank you so much for sharing uh, your time and your tips and your talent with me today. You're welcome. A very special thank you to Jerry for that wonderful information. Now, Jerry has gone above and beyond. He has put together a very detailed PDF with all of the information about those exercises, the bitty bitty B and the onset exercises. If you would like to dive deeper into those, please visit our podcast page and download his PDF. And a very special thank you for Jerry to going for going to the trouble of doing that and putting it together for us. Now, we have come to the last destination uh, in our journey around the world, and I am counting this as two countries. My next guest, Nicole Casey, is originally, well, she is from the United Kingdom. However, she's teaching in Spain right now. So I am so thankful she found time in her busy traveling schedule to talk to me uh, about her Favorite vocal warm ups, and this was the conversation that I had with Nicole. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole Casey. How are you today?
3: Hi, Nikki. I'm really well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. Now, I I have to tell everybody I'm counting your interview as two separate co- uh, countries.
3: Okay. Because,
0: okay. <laughs> because you are from the UK but right now you lucky lady
3: you're teaching in Spain I am yes I'm I'm going home to the UK on Monday so I've got two days left um, so I'm going home in time for Christmas but I come over to Spain um, every month for for a week or so um, to teach my students over here so yes oh I am goodness. indeed a very lucky lady. <laughs>
0: Oh, how wonderful. So do you know what the temperature is over in the United Kingdom?
3: Um, I'm going to guess that in Celsius, um, it's probably about 10 degrees at best. Um, I know okay. they've had a lot of rain this week, and it's been very cold. Um, okay. So not particularly good. Here in Spain, it's a whole different story. Um, it has been, I can tell you in Fahrenheit, because you'll probably prefer that, um, about We're 70 Celsius. degrees. Oh, you're Celsius. So 20, 22 mm-hmm. degrees today. Oh, Beautiful blue lovely. sky, sunshine. Um, I was lucky enough to sit outside and have a bite to eat at lunchtime with some friends. And I have a sunburnt face.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> that is just in time for Christmas. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No I jokes love
0: about it. Rudolph. <laughs> ah, <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for um i know uh your traveling can be stressful and and of course then someone trying to track you down to record a podcast can also add to your stress uh but thank you so much so uh, today um everyone is sharing their favorite go-to warm-ups and you have a couple of really cute ones that you like to do so if you can let us know how you like to uh to have fun with your kids
3: Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I do these both of these exercises actually with kids and with adults. So I I teach across the spectrum, right from five years old through to professional vocalists. Um, And obviously, we do all the normal things, a a physical warm up um, and and some gentle starting warm ups. But when we've sort of ten minutes or so in, um, I like to do the lips, teeth, tip of the tongue exercise um, so this is Ooh. on a descending major scale lips teeth tip of the tongue lips teeth tip of the tongue so it's oh, very God. simple in terms of in terms of notes very simple indeed mm-hmm. um, but the reason i do it is is probably threefold um, first of all it's to get them using their support on the first note so that mm-hmm. um, as we go higher we start on a C, um, and, and depending on obviously what what voice type they are, depends on how high we go. But we use the L of lips um, and a smiley face and the and uh, nice cheekbones up high, um, and that gets them up to those high notes where they would perhaps normally be a little bit shy of, of starting exercises on the higher notes. Um, the second the second reason I do this is that. As we come down, it takes them through their head voice, their mixed voice, and their chest voice. Um, So once we get to middle C and below, obviously, they're going to be going into, into their chest voice for most of them, particularly with the younger ones. So with this exercise, I just keep them placing forward. So I just say forward, forward, forward all the way through. And I don't tell them that, that we're going from head t- to mix to chest. I just let mm-hmm. them sing forward. Um, we quite often use our hands to to take us forward like a laser beam. Um, oh, I and like they like Yeah, that works really well for forward placement. I also, here in Spain, I have a map on the wall. Um, it's a little canvas and it's got uh, London right in the middle. And I say, <laughs> sing to London, sing to London. I love it. So that they, yeah. So it's a really good visual for them, and then they can point right at London as they're going. So they don't ever think about stepping downwards; they just think about singing forwards. Um, so that's the aim of that one.
0: Um, I love how you're using visual and kinesthetic too to cue yeah. them.
3: I was just going to say it's really important with the young- with the youngsters because they don't know their learning styles. Uh, at at right. a young age. So we, we as teachers have to pick up on that really quickly. So I tend mm-hmm. to, to use a lot of different learning styles. It's not enough to rely on the ears um, or on a, on a piano keyboard either for visuals. So, oh. so yeah.
0: I agree 100% with you. I find the more physical and visual and uh, I can make an exercise, the more success that the student yes. has almost immediately. Now, you have another little exercise, which I'm excited <laughs> to hear. So please tell
3: us. <laughs> okay, this one I outright stole from um, a book of vocal warm-ups for all styles. It's by Paul Knight. It's called Sing. Um, and I thoroughly recommend it if I'm allowed to advertise on here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And right at the back of the book um, is an exercise it's called Sister Susie. Now, mm-hmm. it's meant for, for sorting out sibilance. Um, however, it's a tongue twister that's been put to music. Okay. And so I'm going to say it very carefully. Okay. She sits and... Okay, so here we go. She sits and shines. She shines and sits
0: oh my goodness now
3: <laughs> yes oh my goodness so
0: I, I can just see this. where this is going
3: <laughs> yeah so I do not do this with the five-year-olds the six-year-olds I started about 10 years old when they understand <laughs> the danger <laughs> of what they're about to sing um mm. and I do say to them do not swear at your teacher. <laughs> uh, we have a we have a lot of giggles with this. Um, I, it's a very long exercise, actually. It's almost a miniature song, so it's probably best not to sing it. Um, but it's Sister Susie sitting on uh, sitting in a shoe shine shop. She sits and shines. She shines and sits. Um, you start slowly. You start very very slowly and carefully. Um, And every now and then we get a little mistake and then we burst into (laughs) laughter and we do it again.
0: (laughs) Okay. So evil Nikki is thinking of how many students she's going to do this with because we could have some fun. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh, that's the other thing. I send a copy home with the the children, if it's children or or teenagers, I send a copy home so that they can get the parents to do it. So then it's not a a taboo subject then because the parents have to get it right as well. So I always send them home and say, teach your parents and and challenge them to do it.
0: Oh, I love that, Nicole. So much fun. Um, I'm going to put a link to that book on the podcast page. Do you know if that book's available on Amazon?
3: It is. That's exactly where I bought it from, and all my students okay. have bought it as well. There's lots of wonderful exercises. Some of them, um, some of them are, are, are more for older singers, um, mm-hmm. but we adapt them. Um, we obviously use full voice as well with the younger singers and some of the older singers. Um, but the but but this book is is a nice supplementary one. Lots of different exercises which we adapt. The kids can write their own, can write their own words to them um, and that mm. sort of thing. But yeah, really good, really good book worth, worth a look at.
0: Well, I love discovering new resources. Thank you so much. I'll put a link to that book. So what was it called again? And who was the author?
3: It's called, uh, the author was Paul Knight, Paul Knight and it's called Vocal War. Yeah, full night, and it's vocal warm-ups for all styles.
0: Nicole, thank you so much for taking time out of your travel time <laughs> as well <laughs> as um, as uh, as your teaching day as well. Um, I-, I am wishing you and your family, well, first of all, I'm wishing you safe journey home. And, thank you. Uh, and uh, wishing you and your family all the best in uh, for the holidays and for 2019 thank you so much for being a part of this uh, around the world uh, favorite vocal warm-up podcast thank you so
3: much you're very welcome Nikki it's lovely to speak to you and uh, Merry Christmas to you and all of your listeners thank you
0: so there we are our journey for now has come to an end. A very special thank you, a heartfelt thank you to all my guests for finding time in their busy schedules to talk to me and share their go-to exercises. I know that you now have some fun and effective new ideas to work with your singers of any age and I uh, I will definitely be doing this again because I just I love getting new new exercise ideas I love having a new focus in my teaching studio and again thank you to each one of my guests if you would like to learn more about the guests or if you want to take advantage of the pdf that Jerry has um, uh, given us or the free video that Elizabeth uh, has uh, given us please visit the podcast podcast page. All the episodes right there and you can check out all the great information. As always, if you are are enjoying our podcast, please take a moment to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you would really like to shout out to some of our guests, please do so. Send me an email, send me a message, uh, leave a comment on the podcast page. I always love to give our guests that feedback. So, as always, I'm wishing you Inspired Teaching, a fantastic and productive new year. And happy singing.
1: Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com.
0: May my canoe music. Canoe music.ca.